And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. This is not in my notes, um, and I'm not going to camp here long, but I was praying and worshiping as we were worshiping, and I, I just want to say this to Ryan and Andrea. In 2014, I met them for the first time because I came on staff here. Pastor Terrell and Miss Kathy are in the house. Um, brought us on, brought me and Lacey here in 2014, November 1st, 2014. And guys, I was praying, and we were worshiping. You guys were leading worship, and um, John chapter 5 came to mind, and I thought about the pool of Bethsaida. And the, the Lord spoke to Martin. He said, you got to say this, and this is for Ryan and Andrea, that the waters are stirred. Jesus went into that area in Jerusalem and he and there was a lame man who'd been there for years trying to crawl to the pool because he thought anyway we, I'm not preaching that today but but Jesus stirred the waters that day I just feel like the waters are stirred here and you guys are top tier top shelf leaders and this is such a time as this and I know that this week has been challenging I know we've all been journeying with you and praying with your family we still are but Man, church, Evangel Church, you got some top-tier leaders. You got some great pastors, and I'm excited because the waters are stirred here. Are you excited to see what God's about to do in Tallahassee, Florida? Amen. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. I'm thankful for the invitation to come back, and it's been a little bit over a year since we made our announcement. It's crazy to think about. I'll give you just a, a quick update about Bridge City Church. Um, now, when we left and when we launched, we launched under a first name called Red Top Church, and that's a whole other story for another day, and we're going to write a book about it one day, um, but um, I, won't, I won't take the time to share that, but Bridge City Church is on track to launch the fall of 2021. We, uh, we just signed this Tuesday with the middle school that we're partnering with. We're going to use their facilities. Um, we just signed the rental agreement, so all is locked up for the venue. We're ready to go. That was a major hurdle, and we thank God for that. Ryan said it so well, like, you know, you know, we really felt God in the, in the peace and the call of God to go and do this, a new work. Not, and I know I've shared with some of you in here, and not all of you, but they, we didn't go, they didn't, when we left and we said yes to this call, we didn't go to a building and we didn't go to a group of people. They said, this is a whole new pioneer thing. We need, we're going to shut the thing down in Cartersville. There's no Assembly of God church there. Um, there needs to be something new and we, and we want you guys to come do it. And, and it took months for us to say yes to that and, all, and that story and all those things. But, but when we did that, we understood that it was going to be a big challenge and we understood that we're going to just have to exercise some faith and trust the Lord. So we landed, parachuted in December 20th 2020 2020 that's how long it took us to get there we got there and we just hit the ground running building relationships and and what and we just seen the hand and the provision of god every step of the way so thank you for your prayers thank you for your support and for your love um because we know we've definitely felt it and uh, we miss you all um but it's so good to see this the, the the church looks great the building looks beautiful the, what you've done is just incredible so we're so excited to be back and share with you so I'll jump right into the message. You know, I love how God sets it all up because I've been praying 
about this for the last couple weeks and in preparing for this message as we were uh, in, in the idea of the journey, which is the title of the message came on. So it's like the Holy Spirit set it all up with the worship, just the stream of everything, the, the messages that have already been given with God's provision and faith. And we're going to kind of go in that same line of thought. So you ready? Like buckle up. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to preach long, but I'm not going to talk too fast either. Um, but I really want to share our heart, the vision of the church, but also for some of our graduates, because some of them I've known, like, since they were little, like, since they were in elementary school, and now they're, anyway, it, it, it's, um, um, it's interesting to see them grow up, and I don't feel old at all, I just, I still, I, you know, uh, but um, a little more gray hair than I used to, that's why I keep it short on the side, but uh, um, anybody in here the adventure type? Like, you're up for a good adventure, up for a good challenge. Like, raise a hand. Yeah, yeah, there's a few here. Like, you like to push the limits sometimes. True story, Taylor Bain and I signed up for, like, multiple Spartan runs getting ready for 2020. 2020 was going to be the year of, like, great vision. We're going to, like, push ourselves. We're going to do three Spartan runs, and then this thing called a pandemic started, and it killed everything. And so... I was, we were up for it, man. We were ready to do it, and, and I, um, I'm still ready to do it. I'm always up for like a, like a mud run or a, a, a challenge adventure course, um, and Lacey says, well, we got the life insurance paid up. It's good, so, uh, um, uh, and, you know, we got health insurance, so that's good, so if you hurt yourself, because it's probably going to happen. Uh, anyway, we're always up for it. I like to push the limits. I remember um, when we, uh, we were trying to find just recreational stuff to do because, you know, things were shut down here, and, and um, so Sean Brantley and I got this idea that we were going to go trail running. You remember that? Yeah. Um, first time I ever went running with Sean, we went to Tom Brown, and it was fun. It was, it was a six-mile run. We're going to knock this thing out. We're going to have a nice pace, but I didn't tell Sean that I had an I told Sean I have an idea where this trail is. <laughs> But I'm not 100% sure where, and yeah, we got, we're toward the end. We're like four and a half miles in, and I take a right instead of a left. And we're lost. Like, we're lost. We have to turn around. And I don't know if Sean was mad at me that day. He didn't say much at all. He just, he, he just kind of, you know, he just, he chalked it up. He said, it's all right, man, and we made it. And I never thought you'd run with me again, but we kept doing it for the next few months. Not only did we get lost once, I got lost twice again. And we were like, like, I think Holly would call and say, where are you guys at? And Lacey would call. Where? I was like, Zach lost us again. He lost us in the woods somewhere. I still have the compass you gave me, man. So thank you for that. I, um, I'm a little nervous to run in the hills of Georgia by myself. So I haven't found anyone yet brave enough to run with me in the hills of Georgia. But uh, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, life is a journey of ups and downs. And we really never know sometimes, right? how it's going to pan out. So this is a message kind of geared to the graduates, but I think we can all take application from it today. You know, we sometimes, life throws us a curveball. And, and I don't know, when I was in baseball, I could never hit the curve. So I always would swing out and stri- strike out at the curve. So, and how we respond to our journey, how we respond along the way shapes who we become and how we will impact our life. Your response is key today. And the journey, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it to our graduates, it's not always going to be perfect and it's not always going to line up. And many adults probably can attest to that. You'll shake your head. It's not always going to line up the way. But man, the journey with him is so far greater than the journey without him. Today, we're going to look at four stages, I believe, that we live in in a constant, it's a constant 
cycle of our life that we live in. We're gonna, and those are going to be our four points today. We're going to look at those stages, and we're going to look at them through the lens of the Apostle Paul and his life and how he responded to them. So if you have your scripture or your tablet, we're going to have it on the screens as well. Um, we're going to be, we're going to start out Romans chapter 15, verses 23 and 24. We're just going to like look at some of the small snippets of Paul's life on his third missionary journey. That's where we're, it's kind of toward the end of his life. He's in the book of Romans while you're getting there, if you're there on your phone or your your uh, your Bible, as we used to say, e-form or tree form. Um, we... Um, He's, he's in Corinth as he's writing this. It's about 57 AD. It's, toward, it's there toward the end of his life. And this is what he says to the Roman church. He says, But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do, do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and have you assist me on my journey there after I've enjoyed your company for a while. Paul's in Corinth. He's writing this letter to go ahead of him to the Roman church. I always have found it interesting there in the last part of Romans, he writes and he, that first statement, he says, I, I don't have any more place for, for work to do here. Now, he could have went back to some of the other churches that he planted and there were some more places in the east according to the journey as we follow through the book of Acts that he did not go to. But Paul had a call and a desire on his heart that God, I believe, put there to go to Rome. Many church historians write about it. Many people think that, that Paul wanted to make the Roman church. It was not a church that he founded. It's not a church that he planted, but it was a church that he wanted, that was a strong church. That he wanted to use it as a base where he could continue to reach the West. Any of, you know, historian, church historian buffs in here, if you've ever read, like, and I, I, maybe, I don't know, I'm a kind of a nerd when it comes to this stuff, but that's what I did, you know, I remember reading some of the old church fathers, and Clement of Rome writes in his, in some of his books that Paul actually did make it on to Spain, that he did share the gospel there, um, even during the house arrest period and those things, and that's interesting, and some people argue about that, but we're not having a history lesson today, we're, that's not what I'm here to talk about, but I, I just find it interesting that that's what Paul had on his heart, that he had this mission and this call and this drive to go and do what God had called him to do. It's the one that sustained him and which leads me to this first stage and our first point this morning, which is declaration. And Pastor Andrea said it well about making a declaration over yourself. This is a declaration that I'm talking about that God has over you, that God says about you. This is your story, your testimony, what you feel God has spoken to you. And, this, and we hear this story at least three times in the book of Acts from the Apostle Paul, he shares his testimony, his, as you would, some of us would call it, his Damascus Road experience. I love what he says, though, to King Agrippa in Acts 26, verses 15 and 18. He is on trial, waiting there in Jerusalem. You know, Paul, he stirred up the waters everywhere he went, sharing the good news of Jesus, but he did so in, with opposition. He did so with threats on his life. And here he is on trial before the king, and he's sharing, he opens up and he shares his story. He shares his testimony, and this is what he says. He's recounting what Jesus said to him. On the, the, he said, then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up, stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen, and get this, and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. 
I'm sending you to them to open their eyes. I love this part. This, is what it, this was a mission statement for him. To open their eyes and turn from the darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Those are the words of Jesus that Paul heard on the Damascus Road. It was something that would reverberate in his spirit for the rest of his life from that point forward. And, and, you know, when I started reading Scripture as a teenager and I remember reading these, I thought, like, this would happen, like, the next day. As you really study, this is many years in the making. Paul's journey was long. But it's something that he kept going back to and he kept, he kept telling himself over and over and over again. It marked his life and it's what kept him moving forward. The second stage we'll get to is Distress. Now, Paul lived in the second stage, and he, he knew it really, really well. And we're not going to recount and list all the things, but here's just a few things. As he went to reach and as he went to share the gospel with people, with, with different people in new lands, and this, this message of Jesus, this hope and this love and this good news, he faced opposition, he faced beatings, he was imprisoned, death threats, shipwrecks, betrayal, misunderstandings, and even got bit by a snake. That's why I don't go camping. Um, uh, I was sharing with Pastor Terrell. We had, in Miss Kathy, we had lunch the other day, and, and, so, and someone was talking to me the other day about going camping in Georgia. This was not them, but this was someone else. I said, you know, that's great now, but my idea of camping is like three-star or better. Like, does it have AC? Does it have a soft bed? And everyone's like, oh, Zach, whatever. You know, but anyway, um, snakes. I don't do snakes. But um, can I say this? Out of distress, and sometimes in our distress comes our development, which is our third, the third point. Now, this stage isn't always fun, but it's necessary. Faith's got to be exercised in the development stage. And it's going to come. Graduates, it's going to come. Your trust in God and who he is, what he says in his word, and what he said to you is going to be tried and it's going to be tested. I've read those same stats about the 4%. Motivates me. I think, you know, everyone's like, man, you're planting a church in a pandemic? Yep, I think there's no better time to do it. The hope and the message of Jesus Christ has not changed and will not change. Our methods may have and the way we deliver it, but the power of God is still real, and it is that gospel that is the power and the salvation that we get to share with this hope that will forever continue to transform lives, not just stuff that we talked about in the past, but what the future holds for the church. Because they're not the church of tomorrow, they're the church of right now, today. So Paul, he's got to exercise faith many times through his life, and there's many stories we could share, but we're in this third missionary journey. You go with me to Acts 27. He's on a ship that has set sail at the worst time of the year to go because he has petitioned. He said, you guys are not going to kill me here in Jerusalem. I'm a Roman citizen, so I, I appeal to Caesar. So put me on a ship, and that's what they did, and they sent him to Rome. Many years pass by as he's trying to get there, but he's on this voyage, and there's a, what we would call a hurricane or a nor'easter. You guys remember the story a little bit, some of you? Acts 27, he's in the ship, and now you can, in your mind, when I read this, because I have extreme ADHD. I'm just being honest with you. I really do. I have to like envision myself in the text or I would like, you ever like read a page and then I started thinking about something else while I was reading it and then I have to go back up and read it again. I, 
I'm the only one that does that? Okay, maybe I am. But um, that's how my mind works. So what I had done and what I had to learn in school was put yourself in the text and just imagine yourself there. So when I read, I imagine Paul stands up and gives this address either in his best like Spartan rise of the 300 voice or Jack Sparrow, however you want to do it, however you want. I mean, so I am not going to do it any justice. I'm not going to like, because I wasn't a theater major, but, but I want you, as you listen to this, you put it in the Spartan voice or the Jack Sparrow voice, but this is what Paul says. He says, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. Well, thanks, Paul, yeah. Um, not to sell from Crete, then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. Thanks, buddy. And now I urge you to keep your courage. I love these words because no, not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. That's not good for the captain. But last night, an angel of the God whom I belong to and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sell with you. So keep up courage, men, for I have faith in God that this will happen just as he told me. You read the rest of the story. They do lose the ship. They run aground, but they, they're all saved. We must exercise faith in our development stage because faith involves risk. Maybe that risk is stepping out to do something you've never done before. Maybe it's moving from home to go to college that's hundreds of miles away for the very first time. Or maybe it is forgiving someone who has wronged you. Maybe a dad or a mom or a sibling who you haven't talked to in years. But God's asking you to step out, take some faith, and you make the first call. Maybe it's choosing to love someone over hating them because it's easy to hate. It's easy to hold on to the pain. I'll say this, faith is not the absence of doubt, but it is the belief that God, who is fully revealed in the person of Jesus, is faithful, he loves us, he's for us, he's not against us, and no matter the circumstances we face, he still is God, and he's still there with you. The final stage that Paul walks through and that we walk through as well is called demonstration. So you got declaration distress development and now demonstration you know this is the arrival stage this is often like uh man i've achieved it i've made it and, and you know for paul we can we can think of many different things that that we can that he did or that he had that he that he accomplished for him, here's just a few. He shared the good news, the gospel in many different places. Miracles happened. Life change took places. Over a third of the New Testament is attributed to Paul that we read today. He, he helped shape the understanding of Christianity and other church fathers that would write the theology and some of the doctrines that we still teach today. Paul was influential in those things. But it dawned on me as I was studying and I was praying and I was reading about this is that Paul did reach his destination in Rome. But as a prisoner, he got to Rome, but he got there in chains. It did not look the way that he wanted to, but I, I, as I was praying this morning before service, I, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, even though he was in chains, he didn't let it deter him to what God had called him to do. Even though it didn't go the way that he had planned and in the way he had mapped it out and maybe in his mind, it still, he still reached 
the destination and he still was able to go and preach the gospel in the west because i don't know if paul if he wouldn't have done that would we still be i don't know would we still be here today sharing this gospel the journey of life doesn't always go as we expected i think we understand that i know paul did so how do we take paul's journey in these stages that he walked through that we just kind of looked through in the lens of scripture and how do we apply it to our own well for demonstration for us i'm sorry for declaration for us here's a question i ask you is do you often recall to yourself the things that god spoke to your heart the dreams and the visions and the passions that he's put in your life do you do you remember those declarations Do you remember those things because reminding yourself of what god has spoken or declared is both encouraging and needed you need to do it sometimes often at 14 years old i'm at a west florida youth camp dennis clanton is preaching i don't have a clue what the message is i still don't remember the day but i remember the altar call i remember the leaders praying with us and i can take you well not anymore because the campground's completely different now but on the right side of that campground there was a little step like this and i remember just weeping and i remember kids like they did this this past summer i'm sure in, in summers in, in the past i remember being a part of that group of kids just running to pursue this hunger that god had put inside of me and i remember the lord speaking these words to me that you'll be a voice to a hurt and broken generation I think about the generation that we're trying to reach. It's a fatherless generation. It's a generation that is hurt. It's a generation that's broken. It's a generation that, man, this message of the good news of Jesus, the love and the goodness of God is one that, man, is needed to be preached now more than ever. I remember at 14 hearing that call and then being given the opportunity by men and women in my life who gave me the opportunity, who mentored me, who shared this, this, this gospel with me, who would take me along when I would get out of line because I would because I just would say stuff that just popped in my mind. Anyway, I had a lot of growing up to do, but I, I remember those times and it's those seasons in my life, that especially the season that we're walking through right now. There's many times I've laid in bed or like I can't sleep. It's three in the morning and I've asked the Lord, like, what in the world are we doing here? Did I make the right decision? And I'll get quiet before the Lord and I'll hear You'll be a voice to the hurt and the broken of the generation. It's just that, that subtle, sweet whisper of the Holy Spirit. And so hold on to the declarations that God's spoken to you. Write them down. Go back and revisit them. There's still a, um, a word that was given to us a couple years ago while we were here that is written out by one of the ladies of this church, and it's still on my refrigerator. I see it every morning when I'm getting my kids milk or whatever we're doing. Remind yourself. Because you know why? On December the 6th, 2020, we, walk, we finally got into the home that we found a home there in Cartersville. It took from August of 2020 to December of 2020 to find a home. And we were living with family in Panama City. God, we were just trusting the Lord. God was gonna, and he opened not just one home, but two. But we found this one that we wanted. By December the 6th, we finally started moving in. And we're there, There's the people are helping us move in. My brother, he drove, it looked like the Beverly Hillbillies, right, Lacey? Like we moved everything like in a, in a big truck and then we had our kid's swing set that was on the back of my brother's trailer that he pulled up. It was, man, like we were coming to town. Like the Barneses are in the house. Um, 
and many of you helped me pack that truck. Thank you. And then, uh, and then we had to, anyway, that's another story. But I, I just, we, we got there December the 6th and we're unpacking the neighbor. One of the neighbors come over to introduce themselves and they have a young, a young son named Chris. And uh, Chris is a sweet kid. He's 13. And he, uh, he wanted to just be a part. He wanted to do something. So my brother gave him an impact driver, and let it, we gave it to this 13-year-old kid, and he helped us put the swing set in the backyard together. Probably not the best idea. Anyway, we were supervising. But Chris kept saying to us, my brother and I, as we were putting the swing set together, man, I never get to do anything like this. This is so cool. He just kept saying it over and over again. I'm thinking, man, we're just letting you screw a few. And he's like, man, just thank you for letting me be a part. We, get, we finally got settled that night, and we're laying down, and it was kind of a surreal moment. And I remember thinking and hearing the Lord, because it's like it's the people here, like Chris, who need to belong. They need a place to belong. And God spoke to our heart that, you, that Bridge City Church would be a church where first people belong. They know that they have a place. They have a community. They have a tribe that they can be a part of. They have people who are rooting for them, people that are there to support them, because that's really what the church should be. So it's a place to belong. It's a place to believe in Jesus and know that he's not against you. He doesn't hate you, but he loves you. And it's a place to become who God's called you to be. He said, that's why we've called you here. I was able to go to sleep. But that's a little bit of story. There's the Chris's and there's the Britney's and there's the Caleb's and there's the people that we've met so far. And my goodness, while the relationships here, I have ones that we cherish for a lifetime. I'm only excited and look forward to see the different names and the different faces because I believe this. It's not just about people sitting in chairs or all those things, but every single one of you have a story in here and everyone's story matters to God and every one of you have a purpose and a place and God wants to see that fulfilled now in this world, not later. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, I would encourage you to know that he loves you with an unending love, that he's for you and that he's not against you and his invitation to follow him is still wide open. Just come, just come as you are. Distress, man, I wish I could like skip over this, but th this is a good point. It's like difficulty is going to come. You know, the book of the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, talk, there's the book of Lamentations. You ever read that? No, maybe not. Like it, it's, you just got to, you sometimes got to get, no, I was going to say you have to get through it. You don't have to, but lamenting and loss and sadness and hurt and pain and difficulty, they're all throughout the Old Testament Jesus, the night before he goes to the cross, this is what he says to his disciples in John 16, verse 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So for the graduates here today, for every single one of us in here, can we make this declaration as a church? You repeat after me if you feel confident doing this. Say, I am not. Come on, a little bit louder. I am not. Going to give up, no matter the difficulty. You believe that? One of my go-to verses, when it gets difficult, when it's gotten difficult over this last year, one of my go-to verses that I stand on, it's an anchor for Lacey and I, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, the one who calls you is faithful. I like it. And he will do it he will do it listen development we're going to live 
most of our life between distress and development. It's how we grow. It's how we become. I can choose either to become bitter or better. I can choose to grow and I can choose to learn. But one thing I've got to do, one thing each of us have to do is we've got to settle in our hearts and our minds that the grace that God provides is really free to all of us. It's nothing you have to earn, nothing you have to work for, but it's free. And it's good grace. I'm not talking about cheapy, cheap, slimy grace. I'm talking about the goodness and the love and the grace of God to just sometimes you've got to give yourself a break. Sometimes you've got to let yourself, you've got to extend that grace to yourself. So many times, as you know, being in pastoral ministry now for over a decade, I've heard parents and I've heard other church members or people, family members say, man, I've done so many things wrong. There's no way that God will love me. I'm, old, I'm so undeserving of his love. There's no way that God will still love me. Or I always like this one. Man, if I walk through the door of those churches, that the building will cave in on me. No, it won't. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, here's Paul's words. He says, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. I think Paul's a little hard on himself there, but I mean, that's how he felt. But I love the grace and the abundance. That's the picture of grace. So can I say to someone in here that needs to hear this, I want you to look up and stop looking down. I want you to give yourself a break because the goodness of God and what he wants you to do in your life, he wants you to grow, he wants you to learn, and even though you stumble and even though you fall, there's gonna be, you're gonna discover more grace along the journey. And even if you do fail, you're not going to fall on this bed of nails, but there's going to be a pillow of grace that you fall on. Even though you do make mistakes, or even though something goes wrong, or it doesn't go the way that you plan, graduates, you're still, His grace is there to sustain you. As we read through Scripture, we see and we learn more of God and who He is. He reveals Himself. So each year, all of us, we should be reading, we should be studying, we should be praying, we should be asking good questions. But most importantly, we've got to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And demonstration, our last point, we end here. I, I really do believe that we'll have some demonstration moments in our time, in this time, in this life. I don't know if I've ever really fully arrived. I think as long as I have breath in my body, there's something I can learn and something I can grow, no matter our age. I think there's some more to do and there's some more areas to grow, but there are definitely those times you're going you're gonna to have goals, you're going to set goals, you're going to meet those goals, and you're going to keep moving forward. There's a demonstration period. There's going to be times where you get to be part of miracles. Man, some of you, like I, those of you, I've I took a lot of trips while I was the youth pastor here, missions trips, and this is one of these the last few weeks is usually the time we would travel and so on my memory feed, on my social media pages, they've all been popping up. Cuba, Guatemala, Haiti. And there are some great testimonies of like the hand and the provision of God on those, on those trips. There's some early 4 a.m. like 
power went out in Haiti, AC for two days gone, but me and Alex would get up in the morning at four and have like 4 a.m. coffee talks while we were trying to stay cool. Or, or there's a young lady up on the top of the mountain church there in Guatemala who's 17 years old and she's got severe abdominal pain and we do a kid's lesson and, and Hans is there and we're praying for people and people are receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I remember asking, how do we know? And, and, and Hans says, I speak Spanish, and that's not Spanish. Um, and, uh, and the young girl that we laid hands on and prayed, and instantly, her, she said her stomach the whole week, it felt like it was been in knots. And really what she had, she had cyst, um, like oh, they thought it was ovarian cancer. And here's this young girl, and we prayed. And all of a sudden, she starts yelling out, I don't feel any more pain. I don't feel any more pain. I don't feel any more pain. Those are defining moments that we get to be a part of. That's God's demonstration. And you and I, the cool and the beauty thing is that it doesn't have to happen on mission trips, but it can happen right here in Tallahassee. It can happen in children's church where our kids are back there right now. It can happen in this place, but it, I believe it's really meant to happen out in the streets. That's where I really think that demonstration is to take place. And God, gets, God invites you to be a part of those things. Demonstration happens when we first seek Jesus and his kingdom principles and we choose to live them out daily I've been camping out in the Beatitudes and in, in the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus is teaching man those things are life changing and if we put those into practice on the daily I believe that we can transform our world it really isn't in our own power or in our own strength but it is by his spirit that he wants to fill us he wants to lead us and he wants to demonstrate that love and that power that grace and that goodness in our world today so as our journey comes to an end and this message comes to an end, I, um, I'll leave you with this. Pastor Ryan's going to come here in just a second, but I want to I pray and I want to give these final words and this final charge is that, you know what, There's, it's never ever going to be been promised to us that it's going to be easy, that life's going to be easy. Good times are going to happen. Hurt and loss are going to happen but it doesn't change the way God sees us, the way God loves us. And, it, and I, I, would, I would encourage you, don't let it affect the way that you view and see God as well. I know it's easy to do. And we look at Paul's life. I think after a couple beatings and imprisonments, I don't know if I would have kept going. But he remembered the declaration. So remember your declaration. Even in the midst of your distress, God wants to help you develop and become who he's called you to be so he can demonstrate his love and power in your life. Man, the way we, Jesus came to model the way for us. So as we follow him, he gives us this example of how to live out in these stages. And no matter where you find yourself today, no matter where you find yourself today in whatever stage you may be in, maybe it is a stage of distress. let you know that if you're walking through a uh, difficulty as the worship team saying earlier he really is your provider he really is your provider and he wants to provide for you so lean into him maybe it's a season of development God's growing and preparing he's done something in you you're coming out of the storm you've learned a new principle and a practice well you know I believe you've probably learned that because there's someone else in your life you need to share it with Will you ask God there in your seat, who is it that I need to share with? Or maybe it's a demonstration season. Man, God's ready to use you to go. The waters are stirred here. I really felt the Lord say that.
the waters are stirred. So what's your next step? You've been, you've been here. You're getting back in. So what's your next step here at Evangel? What's your next step to reach Tallahassee? What's your next step? you got good leaders that can help you take those next steps here. Maybe you just need to remind yourself this morning that declaration. Maybe you need to remind yourself what God spoke to you. You need to hold on to it. You don't need to give up. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for your generosity. Can I pray with you real quick before Pastor Ryan comes back? You just bow your head there at your chair. I don't want to miss an opportunity, and I just want to pray over you. But if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm not calling you forward. I'm not gonna, we're not going to do any of that. We're not embarrassing anybody today. But they're at your seat. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And my salvation prayer at 12 years old was, hey, Jesus, I've heard of you before, and I believe that you're my Lord. I'm going to give you a shot. And tw- that was at 12. I'm 34 now, and God changed my life in my bedroom floor. I want you to pray your own prayer right there at your seat. If you want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, would you go ahead and ask him to do that right there at your seat in your own words? And as I pray, if you pray that prayer, your next step today is like Pastor Ryan said, go to the guest services, fill out the, there's, fill out the card, join the process here because there's a church in Tallahassee called Evangel that wants to journey with you on your next steps to help you become who God's called you to be. So Father, right now, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Lord, for your presence and for your goodness. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these families and these people that are dear to me as I look out on this crowd. For six years of our life, we were here. And God, they invested in us and they poured in us probably probably more than we did in them, God. So I thank you for them. And Father, I thank you that the days ahead of Evangel are bright. I thank you, Lord God, that the, that the church is strong and is alive and will be radiant in this next season, God. And I pray, Lord God, for those that are in their seat right now and the stages that they're walking through, God, that they would lean into you and that they would trust you right now that you would be with them, that you would give them comfort and give your grace along the way. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Zach, would you mind hanging out up here for just a second? I want to, this is kind of unscripted, but um, I want to invite Dr. Hans and Danny, if you would, to come up. And then I know Wes is behind me, our deacons. And um, uh, can you share, uh, so when's your first estimated first service date yeah so we are estimated our goal we're working toward is september the 19th okay so for launch in person yeah services yeah all right so september 19th and then um second um what's something that you guys are really like in this season really believe in the lord for um as it relates to the church where we can can join you guys in prayer over the next couple months so we we've been in a stage of recruiting actively recruiting so what we're praying right now for wisdom um for those who have a passion to reach the next generation so our focus is children's ministry children and youth as well as you know worship you know so we need we need those are the two areas that are really on our heart as we're praying so worship and children's ministry okay Awesome. Well, we're going to um, we're going to receive an offering for these guys and for their church here in just a moment. So you can begin to prepare for that. Um, I want to pray over them. Lacey, would you mind coming up and allow us to pray over you guys today? 
Um, and then our worship team is going to sing um, one more song and the ushers will uh, pass the buckets uh, during that. And then um, I'll come back up and uh, dismiss us formally after that. But um, ushers, you can kind of make your way up forward. And um, would you guys stretch your hands this way? And, and guys, would you lay hands on them? And let's just pray over these guys. Father, we love you so much. And God, what faithful servants Zach and Lacey have been to Evangel through the years. And God, you've anointed them here. You've, you've blessed them here. They've made an impact here. And Lord, now they step foot into a new adventure, a new season, Lord, where um, sometimes it may be difficult to see your hand at work, Lord. But I, Father, I pray that in this season they can trust your heart. And that, Lord, you would provide for them that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. And so, Father, you know what they've been praying for. You know what they've been believing for. Lord, we pray, God, for uh, strong leaders to come in. Lord, strong relationships to be built. Lord, we thank you for your favor with the school system and getting that lined up and even, even how financially that worked out to, to their benefit. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would multiply the finances within their ministry, that finances will never be a lack for them, that, Father, they would be able to do what you've called them to do. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, for open doors. We thank you, Father, for anointed services and anointed leaders, Lord. And we believe that, Father, Bridge City Church is going to be a light on a hill, a light in a dark place, and that you're going to use them in a mighty way to reach the lost. And Father, we thank you, God, for all that you're going to do. And we're thankful, Lord, that we get to be a part of their journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, we love you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. So I think of um, the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, and he makes this, this statement. He says that some plant... Right, Some plant seed, some water it, and God makes it grow. And these guys, as they're planting the seed in Cartersville, we have an opportunity today uh, to water it and to water it with our financial giving. And so um, I want to encourage you today um, to give, to sow into that. If you don't have anything available, if tangibly, you can also give online. And so you can go to evangelag.org forward slash give. And you can find ways to be able to give today. Um, and everything that comes in goes to, to them and, the, and their ministry um, today. So I want to thank you for that. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to, to water the seed uh, that Zach and Lacey are beginning to plant in Cartersville. Lord, I pray that today, God, as we are, are giving, as we are faithful, as we are partnering, Lord, I pray that you would use it in a mighty way, Lord, that souls would be saved for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. 
We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.